0: You're listening to the Crossroads Grace Podcast, a podcast of Crossroads Grace Community Church. To learn more about our gathering times and ways you can get involved, check out our website at crossroadsgrace.org. Crossroads Grace, it is so good to be with you. Um, my name is Pastor Carl. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh, Pastor Brian, he fin- his team, the Cincinnati Bengals, finally got a new quarterback, so now he invited me back. Because now it's an even ball game, but uh, it's low, but that's what I got to do. I got to start off by insulting your senior pastor. No, but sincerely, it is always such a pleasure to see the work that God is doing here, the work that God is doing in and through you, and it is such an awesome privilege for me to be with you today. Uh, I I get an opportunity to travel and and speak at some different churches and, and help lead some churches, and I get to do all that because of my beautiful wife, Jen, and our two amazing girls at home. Georgia's nine and Ruby is uh, six. I'm not going to show you a picture of them because if I did, your mind would be melted with cuteness and you wouldn't be able to concentrate on the rest of the message, but we are in week 6,000 of uh, homeschooling, so please pray for my wife and all the parents said amen. (laughs) I'm so glad to be continuing this series uh, as we are talking about the separation of church and hate. And I would love to just kind of begin this by asking God to speak to us and open up any kind of uh, uh, things that might be getting in the way from us hearing from His word. So, would you join me in a time of prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are a good God. And that, Lord Jesus, that you sit on the throne. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly and loudly to our hearts that we may reflect your goodness and your glory. And through us, The world may know your fame we love you we thank you in jesus name all god's people said amen "Amen," wherever you are watching from today so it was 1982 it was a cold january day and an air florida flight was taking off from washington dc and through some malfunctioning the plane goes down and the plane crashes into the Potomac River. Now, because of the time of day and, and the proximity to this bridge, many people, including news stations, make their way to this bridge as they watch kind of the wreckage and the rescue scene that's about to happen. And, and a helicopter, a rescue helicopter flies over the river as millions of people are watching on their TVs. And the rescue helicopter lowers a safety life vests and it's this contraption that's kind of on a string and 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 each person would kind of put it around their waist and then they would hoist them up to safety and the very first person they they, they send the lifeline down to is this gentleman but he does something peculiar he grabs the lifeline And in this freezing cold January day, after he has experienced a plane crash, he swims over to this woman and places the belt around her waist and signals for the helicopter to pull her up. They drop the line again. The man grabs the line and again swims over to another passenger. And this happens over and over again. And this gentleman keeps swimming from person to person, rescuing them. And then finally, out of sheer exhaustion, before he could be pulled up, he succumbs to the water. And he drowns. This man was the perfect example, the perfect example of humility in action. Humility, true humility, is a modest view of one's importance. It's not believing that you don't matter, but it's having a lower view of yourself. And and we don't have to look far and wide today to see people, whether they're on screens, whether they're on phones, whether they're next to us in traffic, or whether they live with us in our home, do not raise your hand if that is you. Where so many of us today struggle with having not a lesser view of ourselves, but but, but thinking that the world and everything about it is revolving around us. But we lack humility. And it is, in fact, what is dividing our world today. The lack of humility is, in fact, The key that is dividing our world today. Paul gives us the prescription in Philippians chapter 2. Paul writes this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each other, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Sal, go back to the beginning of this passage for me. Jump right back to it. Look at what Paul says to you and I Today, Paul says, first, do nothing out of vain conceit, rather in humility. Do nothing out of vain conceit, rather in humility. Humility is the source of Christian unity. Humility is what will bind us and bring us together. And Paul says, rather than looking at things in selfish ambition or vain conceit, we should look at them in humility. And goes on to say, but each of you to look at the interests of others. That each and every one of us, we are to look at the interests of others. Like the man who who swam from person to person, he was looking at the interests of others. And he says, who is the person that exemplifies this the most? It's none other than Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Though Jesus Christ is God incarnate, he's not like a God be. He's not like God light. He is God incarnate with all of God's powers, with all of God's attributes, with all of God's authority. But even Jesus becomes fully man. Fully God and fully man. And he takes on the posture. And he made himself nothing. That means Jesus emptied himself out. He emptied himself out. He gave of himself over and over and over again. and he humbled himself to become obedient. Wherever you are today, however you're watching this, I want you to ask yourself that question. Have I humbled myself into the deepest posture of humility? Because humility is the posture that you and I must take if we are deciding, if we are committing to living and following the work and example of Jesus Christ. Humility is the posture we must take and we become more attractive, we become more sensitive, we become more empathetic, we become more purposeful to this world that we live in when followers of Jesus Christ say true fellowship, true discipleship of Jesus is anchored in humility. I love the way that Emerson says it, Ralph, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson, he says, a great man is always willing to be little. Not to be littled, but to be little. Where in our current climate do we see anyone saying, I'm willing to be less? Where scripture tells us, I will make less of myself that I may make more of Christ Jesus. Humility, true humility, is power under control. I want you to get this. Understand this. True humility, God-centered humility, Christ-reflective humility is power under control. Jesus Christ, for 33 and a half years, was powerful. And for eternity before that, he was powerful. And for eternity after that, he is powerful. But on his time walking this earth, what was Jesus more of but power under control? And the writer tells us we are to reflect that same posture. We truly follow Jesus when we are humble with our control. You and I are going to be the best versions of ourselves over the next few weeks when we exemplify power under control. What do I mean? I mean, when we exemplify power under control, when it comes to our critics, when it comes to our critics, Titus writes, it looks like this in Titus, teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Listen to me, friends. We got to get the long game in mind. When it comes to this Jesus following thing, we have got to get the long game in mind. What do you mean, Pastor Paul? What do you mean the long game? I mean, we got to get the long game when it comes to truth. You know what I hear too much nowadays? I hear too many people telling people, oh, oh, share your truth, speak your truth. You just do you. Can I tell you what I do not need any more of? People telling me their truth. This letter written to Titus, this is talking about God's truth. This was an instruction to teachers of the word. And it is saying, teach the truth. The truth is the word of God. And our truth should come from a careful study and application of god's word and when our truth is walking and working in that fashion our critics have very little to say to us but i'm thinking the long game i'm not thinking about being right today i'm thinking about being right with god in eternity You look around this world, the people making impact are the people thinking the long game. You don't have to go much further than your local grocery store to see that. What are you talking about, Pastor Carl? I'm talking about Costco. Who loves Costco? Raise your hand wherever you're watching this. Who loves Costco? All of us love Costco. And you know why we love Costco? Because Costco has delicious chicken. (laughs) And it is cheap. It ain't that that, that Rayleigh's little little two-pound chicken. You'll get a chicken from Costco, and you can feed 25 people with that chicken. But you ever notice that chicken ain't at the front of the store? You got to walk through that whole store to go get you some chicken way in the back of the store. That ain't by accident. Costco strategically places those chickens back there. And do you know Costco loses $40 million every year on those chickens? They lose $40 million selling those chickens to you and I at that price. But you know what they get us to do? They get us to pick up the chicken and on the way to the register, buy a jacuzzi. (laughs) That's thinking the long game. Are we thinking the long game when it comes to our critics? with our humility. Are we thinking the long game when it comes to our outlook? When it comes to our outlook, 2 Peter writes this, it reads this in 2 Peter's, next, learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly, gladly letting God have his way. Gladly letting God have his way. I do that when I put aside my Desires Humbly ask yourself, are my requests currently about me or are my requests about his kingdom? Are your requests about you or are your requests to God about his kingdom? Humility will put you in such a posture where you will say, God, I am seeking first your kingdom. And then all these things will be added on. When I am seeking the kingdom of God, I am saying, God, you go first. So my outlook is humbled and my outlook is always focused on what is above. We are true followers of Jesus when we are humble with the noise. When we are humble with the noise. well, I'm going to preach on this one. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging simple symbol. Listen up to me. Every time I log on to my computer or my cell phone, all I get is a bunch of clanging cymbals and gongs. The noise is so loud. The escalation is so great. The posture is so pride filled. Scripture tells us it is pride that comes before the fall. And everybody's banging their cymbal, everybody's beating their drum. And we're canceling people left and right because they don't fit into our box. My friends, don't burn a relational bridge over a political platform. Don't burn a relational bridge over a political platform. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in the noise. Don't allow yourself to be a projector, an amplifier of the noise. So before you say it, before you type it, ask yourself, is this needed escalation? Is this needed escalation? Look at the example of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Many of the years that Jesus was doing his public ministry, Jesus kept telling people, keep it quiet. Don't tell them who I am. Don't tell them about that miracle. Don't tell them about that healing. Keep it under wraps. Because at just the right moment, at just the right time, God will bring, God will elevate, God will promote who God sees fit. And in my position as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have got to be one that says, listen, I am not about the noise. I'm about the quiet voice of God. I'm about my Father's work. And if there's something I'm gonna get loud about, if there's something I'm gonna get boisterous about, if there is something that I'm gonna make much of, I'm going to make much of Jesus. I told Pastor Brian this before I came out. I said, sometimes, you know, preachers. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to say the same thing when we go to different churches or we're speaking in front of different audiences. Like with YouTube and, and, and the Facebook and all that kind of stuff nowadays, everybody's worried about saying the same things. Listen, But I feel like God's put a word inside of me for this season. And I believe God has put a word inside of me for every person watching, every person that is engaged with Crossroads Grace. This is the word that God wants you to hear today. This is the word that God wants you to hear today. That God isn't about Democrats. God isn't about Republicans. God isn't about liberals. God isn't about conservatives. God isn't just about black lives. God isn't just about blue lives. God isn't just about the rich. God isn't just about the poor. God is about his kingdom. And we should be people, kingdom people, who desire to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Am I living a kingdom-down life? Because if I'm living a kingdom-down life, I can't be living a Carl-Up life. Carl's got to humble himself and humble the noise for the sake of God's kingdom. I'm a true follower of Jesus Christ when I'm humble with my tongue. California has been ravaged by fires this last year and in the last couple of years. But this isn't the first time that that's happened in our state. See, in the 1950s, there was a, just a, a slew of wildfires. And actually, in one fire, this uh, brown bear gets caught in one of these fires and and gets pretty banged up. And after the Forest Service kind of mends this brown bear up, the brown bear becomes the symbol, a spokesperson for the National Forest Service. Anybody remember that brown bear's name? Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear, right? But what got me about Smokey the Bear is Smokey the Bear used to get all up in your business. Remember when Smokey the Bear get up all in your business? You're sitting there just eating your, 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 your cereal on Saturday morning, just chilling, trying to watch him Spider-Man, trying to watch him He-Man or whatever. And then Smokey come on his commercial and Smokey look you dead in the Smokey said, only you can stop forest fires. And I was like, oh Lord, Smokey. How'd you know I had matches in my pocket? Right, says every little boy. But what kind of fires are being started with our tongues and with our fingertips? I ain't Smokey the Bear, but I'm here to tell you today only you can stop those fires. Paul writes in Ephesians, do not let any unwholesome talk. Go back to it. Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their, come on, somebody, according to to their needs, according to their needs, that they may benefit from those. Listen, it's not about my needs. It's not about your, it's about their needs. Am I building them up or tearing them down? I truly follow God, truly follow Jesus when I am humble with my response when I'm humble with my response. Proverbs 6, 16, 32 tells us, better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Humility should cause me to be proactive instead of reactive. Before you like, before you share, what if I shared or like something that was proactive, something that was, was, was going to help somebody? What if my response wasn't reactive? What if I spent less time in threads, in chats, in, in, in theory groups, in hashtag spreading? What if I spent less time there and I spent more time saying, I'm not trying to take over this city with my powerful words? but rather how I'm going to be someone of self-control. You know what is lacking in our world today? Self-control. I worked with students for over 20 years, and I've seen more self-control out of teenagers than I have out of adults this last year. Because now it's my right to tell everybody and anybody what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. May we have some humility in our response. And when we have humility in our response, it leads to this. It leads to humility in our opportunities. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted. Come on, somebody. Is anybody delighted nowadays? We're just angry today. But we delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. Listen to me, church. You know what's stopping the church of Jesus Christ from the opportunity that God has set before us? What's stopping our witness? What, what's, what's, what's hampering the church today is we are very gospel focused. Yes, we've got truth. We've got truth, but we lack grace that says we will live with you as well in whatever stance you take. I am humbling myself enough to say I care for your eternal destination, then I will not make your present platform an issue between you and I. It's the balance of grace and truth. It's the balance of grace and truth that God is calling his followers to exemplify and that we may humbly show the love of God. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Do I have the power to be humble? No, I don't, but Christ in me does. Do I have the power to be humble? No, I don't, but the power of Christ in me does. And when I take on the posture of Jesus, submitting myself, I'm love in action, I'm power under control. In the last uh, debate, the last question that was asked by, asked to the two vice presidential candidates was from an eighth grade girl in Utah named Brecklin. And here's a question Brecklin asks. Brecklin asks this question. Go ahead and throw it up, Sal. She says this. When I watch the news, all I see is arguing between Democrats and Republicans. When I watch the news, all I see is citizens fighting against citizens. When I watch the news, all I see are two candidates from opposing parties trying to tear each other down. If our leaders can't get along, how are the citizens supposed to get along? Man, if that did not hit you between the eyes. But you see, Brooklyn's question, it put it all on them. I rewrote the question to put it on us. When I scroll social media, all I see is arguing between Christians and Christians. When I scroll social media, all I see is Christians fighting against other Christians. When I scroll social media, all I see are Christians from opposing parties trying to tear each other down. If Christians can't get along, how is anyone supposed to get along? 2 Chronicles says this, if my people who are called by my name, not the name of any party, but my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. God desires to heal our land, but that is only gonna occur when followers of Jesus Christ, men and women of faith, black, white, yellow, and everything in between says we will be people who are humble who exhibit power under control power under control and that control that control comes when we talk to our critics when we have an outlook of Christ when we subside and quiet the noise when we are gentle with our tongue when our response is focused on kingdom things and not personal things when we take the opportunity to say god your kingdom come your will be done and when all that is drenched in love that is power under control true humility So It's going to bind this world together. And I love the way Pastor B always says this. I can sit up here and hoot and holler all I want. But Tag, you're it. What you going to do? Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that we would humble ourselves. We to humble ourselves and look towards you, towards your finished work on the cross, how you submitted yourself to even death in obedience to God the Father. Let us be humble, Christ-centered followers of Jesus Christ, binding this world together. through your power through your authority and for your glory. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. One of the most humble things that we can do is remember the sacrifice of Jesus. The sacrifice where Jesus became obedient to even death on the cross. And during communion, we have the opportunity to reflect on that, to celebrate that, and to say thank you for that. But every time we approach the communion table, let us approach it the same way that the Son approached the cross, with a humble posture, with a humble heart ask Jesus to do in you today what only he can. Thank you for joining us this week on the Crossroads Grace podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. If you are interested in getting involved in our community or want to find out more information, visit us online at crossroadsgrace.org. Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Grace podcast.